Hello and welcome to TMG Unfiltered. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Marker Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and vegan news. And every once in a while we get really lucky and you get really lucky because we get a guest on the show. And this is one of those episodes. So without further ado, Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Russell. Um, I have an Instagram called Rollercoaster Vegan, where I show you all the vegan food I eat as I travel the world riding roller coasters. But um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> so should we get a little bit into like your vegan story? Do you want to talk about sure. why you went vegan, when you went vegan, and yeah. what that's been like for you? So I went vegan almost 10 years ago on January 1st, 2010. Uh, I had been vegetarian for about a year before that. I was taking nutrition classes when I was in college and the stuff we were learning about, uh, veganism and just alternative diets in general, vegetarianism, veganism, it really seemed to make a lot of sense. And so I was like, well, I'm going to try it. So, uh, the dining hall chicken was kind of gross anyway. Um, (laughs) it had like weird fat on it that didn't belong there. And I was just like, you know what? This is fine. I'll just eat pizza. And so I did. But, um, you know, I, I did that. I did it for a while. But then, you know, I was learning more about nutrition and I was really into like quinoa. That was like the big hot grain at the time. Uh, it's still a good grain. Um, and yeah, then I was taking another nutrition class and we were talking about veganism again. And we actually were watching Michael Greger uh, videos. Michael Greger's Carbophobia book was actually part of our curriculum. Hmm. Um, and so uh, my teacher wasn't vegan even. Um, but I was really just finding it to make sense. I tried vegan for a week. I was like, you know what? I can do this. And so then I went vegan, um, just randomly. Uh, it was new year's. My friend asked what my resolution was. And I said, I'm going to be vegan. So, um, I actually had eaten a vegan meal that night. Um, it was a vegan lasagna with Daya cheese on it. And, uh, Daya had just come out in restaurants at the time. It wasn't in Mm -hmm. stores yet. Um, and I ate it and I was like, I can, I can do this. Like, I don't even really need cheese that much. And if I do, day is there for me. <laughs> so then I did it. Um, I ate one last buttery, milky cookie. And I called it quits with um, animal products. And over the years, then, uh, it started becoming more about the environment to me. And then it started becoming more about animals to me. Um, but I still find all things important. But I definitely am driven by my uh, belief that animals are... Uh, do to live without exploitation and uh, harm and uh, are should be allowed to be themselves and be the individuals that they are. Mm-hmm. Now, you live in L.A. now, but when you went vegan, where were you living? Because I feel like that impacts, like, Kat lives in Toronto, but I live in a smaller city outside of Toronto, so True. it's different be- being vegan there than it is here. So what was it like where you lived when you went vegan? So I was living in Binghamton, New York, um, in the southern tier of New York. Uh, so that's like right above the northeast corner of Pennsylvania. Okay. And I, you know, I was going to college there. Luckily, I was working at a natural food store that was on campus, the SUNY Binghamton Food Co-op, shout out. <laughs> um, and they had a lot of vegan stuff. In fact, our whole kitchen operation, we did buffet lunches, was all vegetarian with lots of vegan options. And on campus, 
Um, we luckily eventually ended up with some vegan meal options, though sometimes their meal option was a smoothie, which is not a meal at dinner. Um, <laughs> it's a meal for me and breakfast. But anyway, um, you know, it was interesting because going vegan in 2010 is a lot different than going vegan in 2019, especially, I mean, of course, in many places around the world, it's still probably 2010 or before in terms of the availability of certain things. But um, yeah, I made a lot of batch lentil loaves slash quinoa loaves on the weekends. Um, It was a lot more uh, prep. I mean, I still could do that now, but there is so much availability in place like LA. Um, But yeah, I was lucky to have the co-op when I was in Binghamton because um, there really was such an availability of vegan food um, that I was able to have. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I just kind of eased my way into it. And now we have so many great products available to us uh, for for y'all here in Toronto and for me, especially in L.A. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is such an exciting time to be a vegan. Yeah. Now, one thing like we've we just met a few days ago. You're in town for Veg Food Fest. I'm here. Which has been a lot of fun to experience with you. Yes. Oh, it was fun to experience with you as well. Thank you. But what we've learned is that you are so knowledgeable about (laughs) all things food. Thanks. (laughs) So when did that start and like what got you so into food? So I think that I had like a I had like a like we're getting deep here. But yeah, yeah, we are. um, I think I, you know. I had a lot of issues with food when I was younger. Um, And so it took a lot to learn to see food as something that I could celebrate. Um, And, you know, for a while, food sort of felt like my enemy. Um, And so it took a lot to kind of get over that. But once I did, um, I really fell in love with food. I fell in love with the textures and the the flavors, the aroma, um, the story of food. Um, you know, one thing that always interests me when I'm tasting food is what is the story behind this food? So food that comes from a place of like someone's uh, family history or things they had when they were growing up or, you know, there's there's a real reason why they're making that food and they're really intentionally making it. It always, uh, I feel like it comes out in the food a lot more than someone that's you know, just trying to put a burger together, which is fine. There are some great, fine dandy burgers. But there's something about that that's really helpful in learning about the person. And, like, that connection is something that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's, like, something I love most about food. But it's because of that that I wanted to learn more about food. And also why we like the things we like about food. Like, why am I so happy eating, like, sourdough bread? What about it? is so grand that it's pulling me in what about it might I like about other foods mm-hmm. you know like certain citrus like I like that that tangy kind of sour flavor what else has that tangy sour flavor that mm-hmm. I might enjoy so that's kind of what pulled me into thinking more about food and learning more about all the different properties of food I love that you learn to celebrate food because you want to just learn the stories behind it because mm-hmm. I think that that's true for us too like when we have food that's really nostalgic we just love it so much more because you have that emotional attachment and then obviously the taste yeah of course that um, tastes good yeah but where did you go to start learning stuff like what kind of resources where did you soak up all this knowledge so i think um originally when i first went vegan 
I think when I went vegan, I started thinking a lot more intentionally about food. I kind of came on a journey to loving food again. But I think when I went vegan, I really started caring about the food because it was a lot about where does my food come from? Um, who is making it? Why are they making it? Um, should it even be food? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, animals don't think they should be food. Um, but, you know, I, I went to like I visited a sugar bush. Um, and I got to speak with a maple farmer and I got to taste maple from the tap and I really learned, um, how, how like, you know, that whole industry, uh, works, you know, it's, I mean, there's so many different ways that that goes, but I mean, that's just one topic within food and it's so like vast, you know, and maple candy and maple soda and maple, uh, you know, sparkling maple water, which is just maple sap. But I can't believe you're talking about maple on our podcast right now. This is so on brand. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Love maple. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, it's just uh, every little bit of food has a history to it. It's like too like where did where did that come from? Who started using that, you know, or who traditionally uses that in their cuisine, uh, you know, are there uses for other parts of maple trees that other people, you know, it's like that kind of thing. And that's just one thing, but mm. maple. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about stories attached to food. Mm-hmm. What are some of those like dishes that one, like when they're served to you, you just like instantly think of like a memory, a childhood memory or something. Sure. Those like really those dishes that like are the, the dishes. So one thing for sure is, um, like I'm, I'm uh, Ashkenazi Jewish, so there's like a bunch of different uh, flavors of Jewish, mm-hmm. um, but Ashkenazi is one of them. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, each different flavor of uh, Jewish uh, cuisine is is different. So um, Ashkenazi Jewish food tends to be what you see when it comes to like the bagels and lox or okay. the matzo ball soup kind of stuff. Like uh, there are definitely variations of certain elements of all different Jewish cuisines across the different ones, but some things are specific to like one uh, group or whatever. So for me, uh, the like sweet and sour style brisket was something that was super like present when I was growing up. My grandma made it, my mom made it, you know, my cousins made it. (laughs) Like whenever we were going for some sort of family uh, thing, usually Jewish holidays, um, there would be brisket. And so it's a flavor that was super familiar and something that I really liked. But Clearly, brisket ain't vegan. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted that flavor and I my came home once and my mom was like, I made vegan brisket. And I was like, what? And my mom had found some recipe online that uh, to make like vegan brisket, but she ended up kind of like putting her own kind of spin on it and putting what she might have put in a brisket that she was just making. And it tasted so much like childhood. Like I, I bit awful. into it and I was just like, I was like a kid again, like tra- waiting to find the afikomen. By the way, if you want to know what that is, you hide a piece of matzah during Passover and the youngest like child has to go find it. <laughs> but, like one time I forgot, like I think we all forgot to find it and I went to go to bed and I put my head on the pillow and I just heard. Oh, and I was like, that's matzah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, like it just, it reminded me of like that time. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, you kind of have that that like you get shot back to the past all of a sudden yeah but definitely that and matzo ball soup and you know those sorts of things which i kind of didn't know if you'd be able to make vegan but yeah you can and like they're good (laughs) (laughs) 
Has there been anything like from your childhood and stuff that you still haven't been able to make quite right vegan? I think that, um, hmm. I think that it took a while to get matzo ball soup right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of recipes out there for it, and some of them are really good, but some of them are really dry. Mm. And I think some people were scared to put fat in it, mm-hmm. but that's so in- in, uh, integral. Integral. I'm like, what's the proper <laughs> pronunciation? Um, it, to matzo ball soup. Um, what is traditional is chicken fat, which mm-hmm. is schmaltz, but schmaltz is clearly chicken fat so i'm not going to use that but (laughs) what i did do is i kind of figured out a way to infuse coconut oil with the flavor of like chicken Mm -hmm. um essentially just uh involves making sure it's like a a liquid adding um seasoning to it so you could there's powdered uh chicken vegan chicken bouillon yeah um but there's also uh the better than bouillon as well the paste gets a little trickier because then it gets clumpy but it doesn't really matter because as long as it's in there it'll infuse and so once you infuse the oil it's kind of like chicken (laughs) (laughs) so i played with that for a number of years and i finally ended up with a product that i like Oh, awesome. That's so cool. I love when people get so involved in like, I want to create this recipe vegan that like it's years of work and then you finally get it. It's so rewarding. Oh my God. Yeah, I have, I have like um, on my highlights on my um, Instagram, plugging my Instagram, (laughs) um, it's, there's like a Hanukkah 2017 or something like that story. And in it, it has like a little bit of the process of me making uh, the matzo balls. And I like, I pick it up and I squish it to like show that it's like the right (laughs) texture. Cause sometimes like the the vegan matzo balls just like fall apart or they're rocks like it it was very satisfying to like have it come out correct. yeah <laughs> uh you were mentioning before not in the podcast that your family's not vegan have correct. they been surprised at some of the vegan versions of like those traditional foods that you've been able to make you know i'm trying to think um yes i i think i brought home what did i bring home I think it was just like, honestly, I think it was just like tofu cream cheese. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is a lot of people don't know this about the whole tofu cream cheese being available at bagel places. Mm-hmm. It's not for vegan reasons. It's because it's it's a kosher thing. Mm-hmm. So in kosher rules, you can't mix meat and milk. Yeah. And generally, there's a number of hours you have to wait after having a meat meal before you have a dairy meal. And so obviously, um, if someone's really, really um, observant, they're not going to go to a place that has dairy um, after they've had meat. And they're definitely not going to go to a place that is meat and dairy in the same place. Um, but for those that aren't as observant, but they kind of observe, that's something that they do. But also, fun fact, 75% of Jews are lactose intolerant. Hmm. So it's also for that reason. But believe me, there's plenty of dairy, at least in Ashkenazi <laughs> Jewish cuisine. So um, yeah, lots of sour cream and blintzes. Mm, blintzes. But anyway, uh, you know, I think that um the oh yeah so i think that a lot of people believe that it's like a vegan thing but there's actually a lot of bagel places put egg wash on their bagels Mm -hmm. and i know that um and here uh like the montreal style bagel uh, generally uses honey in the water when they boil yeah um but yeah it's really funny because i think sometimes people go into bagel shops and they think that because they have tofu cream cheese that it's going to be a vegan bagel yeah. or, but or sometimes they have lox tofu cream cheese mm-hmm. and they think that's vegan. It ain't vegan. That's real lox um, <laughs> because lox is uh, fish and you can eat fish with either meat or dairy. 
fun. There's also some complications with this. You could go to Wikipedia or ask <laughs> a Jewish friend. But um, but yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I brought, I think my mom used to get like tofu cream cheese sometimes, but I think... I, I forget if it was my brother or my dad because my brother definitely doesn't really do as much dairy anymore, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, but one of them, I remember having it and was like, oh, not bad. You know? <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So that's my long winded story about to- uh, tofu cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe we'll change gears a little bit sure. because most of our listeners are actually American. Okay. And since we have you here and you... Yes are so well-versed in restaurants in, especially in New York and now in LA, Mm -hmm. I think you should give us some tips about finding the best food in those areas. Even like places you haven't lived, but places you've visited that have been like really good standout vegan food. Because I think people on our podcast are tired of us talking about all the places in Toronto, but you can add so much value. Sure, thank you. (laughs) Um, I think that um, one thing I always kind of try to assess before I give people recommendations about food is just what they want in food. I think a lot of the time, like I think for a while, I was like, my opinion about food is really important and this is what's most important. But in reality, um, people have different tastes and I've learned in California um, you know, in terms of pizza, there's a lot of places that I consider to have pizza that I, I would never really want to eat. Uh, when I was in New York, you know, the way pizza is, is you fold it in half and you smash it in your face and <laughs> it doesn't, uh, it doesn't break when you bend it. It doesn't make cracky noise. It doesn't go, it just bends nice hangs. You stick it in your mouth, you bite on it, you get cheesiness, you get the, the punch of those tomatoes and you just really enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. but Certain people actually like that crunchy kind of thing. They like that the dough is not as hydrated. They like holding it out like a big triangle in front of their face as they Mm. munch down on it. And that's not something I enjoy. But people do. So I like to ask people what they like before I go in and tell them what they should have. But also, when it comes to different places, specifically like New York, for example... um, I think having traditional New York pizza is something that is probably pretty important to have because that's what we're known for. So I would say my my essential New York things, because pizza and bagels, everyone knows that about New York. I would say Screamer's Pizzeria is sort of the essential uh, vegan New York slice joint. Um, it really is like a New York slice joint and it tastes great. So I would highly suggest Screamers. They have two locations, uh, one in Greenpoint, which is where I was living before I moved to LA, which is a part of Brooklyn. And, uh, the other is in Crown Heights, um, which is a larger location, which has some additional menu items that I don't believe the other one has. So I would highly suggest that you'll get the full experience. And I don't really know anyone that's like, eaten New York pizza and gone, Wah! you know, I, but I, I, but for me, I'm so used to, um, squishy pizza that the crunchy pizza is like not for me. Um, not to say we don't have some crunchy pizzas in New York. We do. And I just don't eat them. But anyway, <laughs> um, the other thing is bagels. So we were talking about bagels before I love bagels. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, my favorite bagel is from uh, Brooklyn Bagel and Coffee Company, which ironically has no Brooklyn locations. Um, <laughs> they have locations in Queens and uh, Manhattan, which is like, what? But anyway, they make the best bagel. If you go, it's you get the mini bagel. I know that sounds weird. You're like, mini bagel? Why? Because the mini bagel is still the size of your head. You don't need the regular size bagel. I mean, if you want it, go for it. But for me, it's too much bagel. 
you know? But you could do it. You could do it if you want. But anyway, they have this tofu veggie cream cheese, and I like to get the tofu veggie cream cheese, maybe some tomato, um, and maybe... I don't know, maybe some red onion, because that's nice. And if they have capers, you know, know, it's tasty. So you get that, and uh, whole wheat everything is what I like to get. And then be on your way. There's definitely going to be a long line out the door, but it's real tasty. So those are my suggestions for New York, Mm -hmm. um, because that's where I'm from. Now, that's not to say there's not other good food in New York. There is so much good food in New York. But I would definitely say that, um, because those are, like, essential New York Mm -hmm. experiences. Um. And then, you know, I mean, every kind of city has its own signature. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I have not had Chicago deep dish pizza in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I think the only time I've ever had Chicago deep dish pizza was a tiny sliver of the deep dish that Purgatory Pizza makes in L.A. Purgatory is not fully vegan, nor is that Brooklyn Bagel and Coffee Company place, but they do have vegan stuff. Just rolling that back. But um, Purgatory Pizza also not fully vegan, but plenty of vegan options. And I did try their deep dish, and it was pretty good, but it was a tiny sliver, so I can't really say too much on that. But Purgatory does make some pretty tasty pizza in L.A. Um, I would say it's comparable to how Sizzle Pie's pizza is like, if you're familiar with Sizzle Pie. It's like not... Uh, it's definitely, it bends a little bit, but also kind of cracks a little bit. So it's kind of like somewhere between uh, pizza I would really mess with and pizza I would not really mess <laughs> with. Um, but it actually, the toppings are really tasty and it is good. It's, I really like it. I would suggest purgatory for sure. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what's what's like a regional uh, classic and like the states i don't know well you were talking yesterday you were telling us about taco places in la you had some really good tips about that yeah so i would um without necessarily putting down some of the other places i would say you know la like tacos in la is kind of like how uh new yorkers are about pizza Mm -hmm. and bagels i would think and like donuts too Mm. you know so i would say yeah la you go and there's donut shops everywhere but they're not vegan, but there are vegan donut shops. So um, there's Donut Friend, which is the classic. And what's awesome about Donut Friend is you go there and like if you look on their Yelp, because they have Yelp, I know, Yelp, the jury's out on Yelp. We don't know about that thing. <laughs> but if you look on Yelp, they have like four and a half out of five stars out of like over 2,000 reviews. So it's clearly well liked. Um, it's fully vegan. They have two locations and their donuts are very good. Um, I definitely suggest that place for donuts. And it's a very L.A. thing Mm because L.A. is all about the donut. Um, But there's also a new donut place that opened that is real good, too. And actually, my favorite donuts ever are in, uh, what is it, Um, Beachwood Donuts? Oh, yeah. Is that St. Catharines? Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I know geography. But <laughs> those are my favorite. The, I bit into that maple donut and I was like, oh, it was like a cloud of deliciousness and like ma- maple. Yeah, maple. here we go again. Um, I was ecstatic. I have a video somewhere where I'm like, oh, like my eyes rolling back yeah. into my head, happy. But Donatsu has really also really good texture. And they're, I believe, also in downtown L.A., um, really wonderful donuts. So um, two wonderful choices for donuts. Donatsu, I know the donuts are all vegan. I don't think they have anything that's not vegan there, but it could be wrong. But you can ask them when you go. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's all vegan. Um, and then uh, tacos, what we were really yeah. getting to. So, lo- uh, you know, luckily um, in L.A., there's a vibrant street vendor culture. 
and you can take advantage of that as a vegan and enjoy those foods. So I would say there's so many, and I don't want to leave anyone out because there are really good vegan taco spots um, that pop up in LA. But um, I would definitely say um, ones that I would check out. Um, and this is not an exhaustive list. I like, don't want to come after me, anyone, if I forget you. And if I forgot you, I didn't forget you. I'm just like, oh, there's so many things going on. I'm sorry. But uh, Senna Vegan. Uh, Senna Vegan makes all their own meats. Uh, they're out of uh, Seitan or Yuba. And um, actually, Veggie Grill uses uh, their meats. Um, so Veggie Grill is like finally kind of like a national sort of thing in the States. So they have locations in Chicago and in uh, California and Oregon. And they might have some somewhere else. But... Um, they do that and, uh, their meats are very tasty. They have al pastor and they have like, uh, they have like stuff Mm -hmm. and it's really good. They have really good sauces. It's just great. And homemade tortillas and it's just really nice. So them, Vegatinos, so good. So good. They use soy curls for a lot of their meats, but they also use jackfruit. My favorite taco from them, though, all the tacos are very delicious. Uh, they're, uh, chicharron tacos. They're made with the soy curls, but they deep fry them and they're oh, real crispy yes, and nice. And they got some Alex sauce on it, which is like this like mayo. Alex is uh, one of the people who runs Vegatinos. Very nice. Um, and oh my goodness, it's so good. You get the, the soft corn tortilla, the crunchy, crispy, like chicharron, which is supposed to be like, you could look up what that is. Not very vegan, but they make it vegan. And then there's like, uh, you know, tomatoes, onions, and um, that mayo on it. And it's just like, uh so good um and then uh you know i'm trying to think of other things there there really are quite a bit of uh really good like taco spots um there's another one um alchemy organica um and there's just there's also places to get stuff but i think like the street taco thing is it's very vibrant so yeah and one thing too um that's really cool is uh we have something called vegan sunday it's actually changing to being called vegan exchange um, but I think they're still on Instagram. Well, Vegan Street Fair runs it mm-hmm. um, at Vegan uh, Street Fair on Instagram. Um, but the Vegan Sundays is called at Vegan Sundays NoHo. But she's mm-hmm. going to start expanding potentially to other cities and stuff like that. So she changed the name. Might not be on Sundays. But there's so many vegan vendors there. And people pop up there like uh, Vegatinos uh, sometimes and some other vendors too. And yeah, I love the pop-up culture in LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many great vegan vendors that pop up there. So, but yeah, I definitely essential LA tacos, donuts. So if you're going to do that and you're going to do it vegan, those are some, I feel some great suggestions that I think are crop pleasers. So I think we're going to have to like go to LA and do a taco tour, do mm-hmm. a donut tour. <laughs> Probably should have put a disclaimer on this episode that's going to make you really hungry because now all I can think about is pizza and tacos. And I've already been having dreams about donuts all the time. So this is not helping. But mm-hmm. thank you. No problem. Um, now you talk a lot about like you post on your Instagram about where you're eating and yeah. sometimes you're cooking stuff. So what kind of inspired you to start your Instagram and make it what it is today? So um, I was posting a lot of food pics really bad food pics on my Facebook they come up in my memories and I'm like what was I thinking like I saved some of them because they're terrible (laughs) I like blended up frozen plums and I was like plum sorbet no it wasn't like that was gross I don't know what I was thinking but anyway we've all done it don't we've all done it but my (laughs) friends were like there's another platform for that and I was like what is it they're like Instagram I was like oh another social media platform 
So I didn't want to do it, but then I reluctantly started it. And my first post was of a milkshake at Lula's Sweet Apothecary. Unfortunately, Lula's Sweet Apothecary no longer exists, but it was my favorite ice cream shop in the world. And it was in uh, the East Village in Manhattan. It doesn't exist anymore, but oh, but that was my first post with like a ton of filters on it. <laughs> and then... Um, you know, from there, I started kind of posting when I was eating, but then I would post random stuff that I wasn't eating, like a lighthouse. Don't eat lighthouses. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. But, um, you know, and then I don't know. Um, I think that what really got me started kind of really getting to it is um, I'm I uh, one of my friends, uh, Timmy, uh, Mississippi vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually um, my like neighbor in Brooklyn. And I met him because we went, I went to lunch with someone uh, that I was friends with and he was there too. And when I saw him, I was like, oh snap, like I just started following this dude. Um, He seems really cool. And then some other person. And when we were there, I actually came up with my handle. But at the time I was using a different handle, which, which means like I'm vegan in Hebrew, Hmm. but no one knew what that meant they had no idea what it was and it was no one's gonna remember it so i was like uh. so i was like should i change it should i change it and they were like do what you want to do and i was like okay so i just kind of held on to roller coaster vegan for a little bit um but yeah then i discovered afterwards that like uh timmy lived near me and so we talked a lot and he was he's really cool um and uh you know we definitely vibed and um then you know i he was as he was growing too i was like asking him like about um, you know, what he was doing and everything. And he kind of gave me the rundown of some like great Instagram tips, um, at the time. And I really took note. Um, and he's like, if you want to do this, then you got to do it. Um, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> he would definitely, he wasn't threatening me. He was just like, no. he's like, if you want to do it, you got to do it. Um, so I took, a, I took his advice to heart. And also, um, my friend Terry, who actually just spoke, yesterday mm-hmm. yeah i'm like well how's time passing yeah seriously um, and she uh she taught me about snapseed which mm, is an editing yes. app and it is so helpful for me um but yeah and so putting those together um my wonderful vegan friends um i i put all that advice together and i started kind of changing the way i was posting and um i started posting the bigger photos not the square but the ones that take up more mm-hmm. of the screen. So it's on, it's, you see it longer, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it just kind of went from there. Um, I, and also just like, um, it was really great to network and meet other vegans that were passionate about food. Because if you're on that, pla- if you're on this platform posting food, chances are you're probably passionate about food. Um, and so I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, and so through that, that's how that developed and grew into what it is right now. Um, which is my humble little Instagram. Uh, and yeah, so that's sort of how that kind of came about. And now I'm just keeping on going. Sometimes I don't post for a week. Whoops. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep up. But yeah, one thing I did recently was just sort of be like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to post when I can. Yeah. And I'm not thinking too much about it because it's really for me a way to share um, my food experiences and just my experiences in general via my stories and not and not necessarily a place to kind of be perfect um you know just kind of have fun um and so now that i'm thinking about it more like that not that i was ever too heavily serious about it but um yeah because i know for some it's you know it's it's the full-time gig so mm-hmm. you do have to think a lot more seriously about it but um you know i definitely i'm just trying to 
kind of have fun with it. So uh, that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at with that. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're the same. Like you kind of have to have fun with Instagram and with yeah. your content because you should enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And we love sharing food so much and we like having fun with the way we post it. Um, but it's also in a way um, how we kind of advocate for veganism. Yes. Like we liked it's food first for us. Like let's show you delicious food and that's how we show you that veganism can be fun and that you can yeah. enjoy it. Do you feel like that's what it is for you too? Or Totally. I think that um, I know that there's many different types of vegan activism and um, I believe in uh, inclusive forms of activism. I think that too often uh, people do not uh, look at things that way. Um, but additionally, I obviously focus a lot on food activism. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's people out there that are like, that's not activism. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are very frustrated with the fact that other people don't believe that non-human animals deserve uh, to live. Um, and they feel that the best way to get those people to believe that is to berate them and yell at them. And it's not going to do anything. But if you show someone that vegan food can be delicious, um, they're going to be more open to the idea that someday they might not be eating animal-based products. Mm -hmm. Um, There are definitely some people who are responsive to other forms of activism and will go cold turkey because they saw some sort of video. But for the more than dozen people that I know that went vegan... um, that they went vegan because of this sort of thing mm-hmm. and they found their way into the animal kind of stuff most of them but they kind of food was their way in so i think that showing people um how great vegan food can be um is a really great way to get them interested mm-hmm. um but yeah obviously i came in from a nutrition standpoint and now here i am <laughs> like just really all about the animals and the environment mm-hmm. and um not to say that i'm like trying to like kill myself with food or something like that but um yeah not gonna try to like choke on like uh tiger nuts but <laughs> <laughs> not again <laughs> not again um but you know it's it's like um yeah so also the thing i i use my platform for is um you know as i was talking about there are some forms of vegan activism that can be harmful to other humans and I think that it's really important that we make sure our activism helps non-human animals without hurting humans. Um, it's possible. And I think some people believe that uh, humans don't matter. Uh, don't We don't care about humans. Like, uh, fu- fuck humans. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just like, uh, but humans are the ones that you're trying to get to be mm-hmm. vegan. So, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, be inclusive. Um, and so I definitely push that on my page. And I also... Um, in my stories will kind of uh, kind of take my take on like there was recently a study about like vegans uh, have 20% more strokes than uh, people who aren't vegan and it's like if you look at the study they grouped vegetarians and vegans together um, and it was three in a thousand people that had uh, more strokes or had a stroke mm-hmm. uh, event and uh, it, it just it, it, the you know it didn't really play like mm-hmm. it's it's sensationalized like clickbait stuff that the study itself is not necessarily a bad study it's always good to check where your studies are coming from but it's the way that people are spinning it and who's pushing to spin it mm-hmm. which is likely uh animal agriculture industry um you know that 
is is trying to get that information out there to scare people especially the rise in plant-based meats and the mm-hmm. availability of plant-based meats it, it's it's scary for them <laughs> so yeah just trying to talk about stuff like that um you know uh feeds mostly food uh the uh stories uh, get a little more into um the intersection uh of uh, human social justice and uh, justice for animals mm-hmm. and we highly recommend you check out his instagram Thank you. <laughs> uh, we'll have it linked in the show notes as well for all of our listeners. Now, the final thing I want to get into is what is your favorite vegan dish to cook? Okay. Um, random Dea Mac with... <laughs> no. Um, uh, oh, that's like a hint, hint to a future episode of Kitchen Takeover <laughs> on our YouTube channel. Watch out. Um, but no, I think... Um, you know, uh, oh, it changes over time. For a while, I just really loved making tofu scrambles. I haven't had tofu scramble in a real long time now. <laughs> I did it like every day for months. Obviously, I'm going to die by soy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, 10 years, dead. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, you know, I think my favorite meals to cook are ones that I cook with others or for others. Um, I do like cooking for myself. But generally when I cook for myself, it's like a meal of necessity mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily the most fun. I do try to have fun when I'm having meals, but I feel like I'm much more inspired when um, there's someone else that can benefit from that meal mm-hmm. um, because that's just more fun for me. Um, so I love baking cookies mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, getting them to people. But um, yeah, uh, so but what meal in specific uh trying to think what i like the most you know it's not a meal but it's i love making cookies hey that's okay that's a meal to us my favorite cookie to make at the moment um i don't know if y'all know momofuku milk bar yes so christina tozi yes she does some amazing things with flavors when it comes to baking um but one of my favorite things she's done and i never had the original because i was vegan already is the corn cookie yes and so the first time I had a vegan corn cookie was actually from Peaceful Provisions, uh, which is this amazing duo. They're, they're uh, sisters, twins, um, and they are amazing. They make amazing donuts in New York, um, and they're just fantastic people. But they made the corn cookie vegan, and so it was the first time I was able to have it. And I was like, oh, this is happiness because I love salt and sweet together, mm-hmm. and that is exactly what that is. And if you've never had it, I can't really explain it other than to say you need to figure out a way to have it vegan. Um, So what I did is the recipe calls for freeze-dried corn powder. So I was like, you know what? How about freeze-dried roasted corn powder? So I found that. So I I grinded that up instead of the corn powder. And then I used popcorn ground up kernels instead of corn flour, which she uses. Yeah. And so... That, together with a couple of other proprietary tweaks, um, (laughs) ended up making these buttered corn cookies, which are so good. So I love making those, but I also love doing little variations on them. And so I actually did, there's a thing called Chicago Mix. Yes. And I made vegan Chicago Mix cookies. What? I have a picture of them somewhere on my Instagram. So Everyone go lurking for that. Right. I made a uh, cheese caramel. Um, and then I um, flavored the cookie with cheese powder and I used um, the Annie's mac and cheese that's vegan the cheddar flavor one I used that powder and um, I uh, melted down uh, cocoa melts to make uh, the caramel I could have made my own caramel but you know what I was doing a little bit of the cleaning of the cabinets yeah, yeah so I melted those down to do it 
Um, but yeah, it it was great. And oh, Pipcorn, which I don't know if you have here, but they have a vegan cheddar flavor. Mm. And so I used that on top as a garnish. So I drizzled the caramel on top of that after I put that on top. So very good. You're like, where are these cookies? Yeah. Um, and so I did that. And then more recently, I did a version with taro. Mm. So it was taro and blue corn cookies. Oh my gosh. Cookie game strong. Yeah. So I love doing that because I feel like cookies make everyone happy. Yes. And most people like salt sweet that I found. There are some people who don't like mm-hmm. it. But um, yeah. And so I love spreading love, giving those cookies around. And uh, yeah, that is the deal. I, w- I would really love to keep talking with you, but honestly, you're just making me way too hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad for our listeners too. Everyone's Sorry, gonna be listeners. so hungry. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. And sharing so much food knowledge with us. Now, do you want to tell pe- everyone where to find you? Yes. So, again, I am Russell, Roller Coaster Vegan. You can find me on Instagram at Roller Coaster Vegan. Uh, I also have a YouTube that I have only posted one video so far, but I am working on getting more up. I tried to film some vlogs this time around, but I failed. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's like going to be a five-second vlog where I'm like, oh, 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 it's over. <laughs> um, so I'm also on uh, YouTube at Roller Coaster Vegan and... I think that's it. I don't think I have other social media. That's me. Um, but yeah, uh, come along with me. See what I do. Um, feel free to interact with me. Like things. Um, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. We're so happy to have you. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of TMG Unfiltered. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We are Two Marker Girls on YouTube. And in October, you'll find an episode of Kitchen Takeover featuring Russell. He made something very delicious. So check out that. Uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. And in the show notes, we'll link our Patreon where you can go and support the work we do. You get some more perks from being part of our Patreon community. That's going to be it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.